today is Pentecost Sunday. What Pentecost Sunday represents is it is honestly the birth of the Holy Spirit New Testament church. It's today. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a birthday. Today, up to that point, there had never been a spirit-filled congregation church. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, up to that point, hadn't had free reign since Genesis. You know, where the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form, and darkness covered the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That's the first time we've seen the Holy Spirit. And that's the way it was supposed to be. The Holy Spirit able to hover over this earth to be a part of creation. And the minute it said the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters, the Bible says that God started doing things. And things began to change. Things began to get better from that point on until we messed it up. And when we messed it up, the Holy Spirit was removed. And so all of history until Pentecost Sunday has had to worship God from afar and had to experience the Holy Spirit in doses, but not experience the Holy Spirit as life. Until the Bible says, Jesus said, it's better that I go so that I can send to you a comforter, a counselor, a teacher. A comforter. And the Bible says it's better. It, now, that's hard for me to believe. Hard for me to wrap my mind around that Jesus said it's better that I'm not here anymore so that he can come. How much better off are we now? A lot of people have no idea. You know, um, saying that saying that garden, you know, how in the world did the devil convince Adam and Eve to give up the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Well, personally, in my own personal life, I've been um, reading and going through this book because, you know, you have no defense against the lies of the devil in your life without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the Word of God. As a matter of fact, that the thoughts that the enemy implants in you, the lies that the enemy tells you, you have no weapon stronger or more powerful enough to defeat what the devil's been lying and telling you. In other words, you don't have, your thoughts are not strong enough to resist the lies that the enemy tells you about you, about your mate, about God, about who you are, who he is. You, human thoughts cannot defeat a lie of the devil. And you can see that in Genesis at the very beginning. Because the Bible says that the devil showed up to Adam and Eve in the garden. God had already told them things, but when the devil showed up to Adam and Eve in the garden, the Bible says the devil told them a lie about God. And they could not reason, they could not resist, they could not outthink the lie that the enemy had told them about God. As a matter of fact, they heard it, and a lie of the devil is so powerful that it will convince you that it's the truth. And so Adam and Eve heard a lie of the devil, no matter what their thoughts, no matter what their opinion, no matter what their heart was, and they believed it and they acted on it. The only thing more powerful in our lives than a lie of the devil is a word from God. That's why in the New Testament, when Jesus, the enemy come against the devil, and he said, or the devil come against Jesus, and he said, tried to tempt him into giving up his calling, giving up his destiny, he said, is it not written? And he would say a lie, trying to twist it and make it. And Jesus didn't say, devil, I don't think you're right. 
Devil, I don't want to hear what you're saying. Devil, I don't care what's going on. It said Jesus only combated him with what the Word of God says. The only way you're going to be able to break what the enemy has put in your life, and every one of us have lies, every one of us have issues, every one of us have thoughts that have been planted in our life by the devil. And the problem is, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you haven't, if you don't know that the lies are there, number one, that's why you're living the life you live. And if number two is if you haven't purposely got the word in to combat, it's the only thing that can destroy a lie of the devil in your life. That's why no matter how many times your husband tells you you're good looking, every time you look in the mirror, you feel like you're not. Or it doesn't matter how many times that, you know what I'm saying, you try to think positive about something, no matter how many times you try to make yourself say positive, you still have those same voices in because you cannot beat a lie of the devil with a human thought. It has to come from a word of God. And this book right here, that's what it does. It's a mindset free. I'm personally going through it because knowing and purposely getting what the word of God says to combat the lies that the enemies put in there about me, myself, my family, my destiny, even about God, I'm a losing battle unless I have what the Word of God says. So uh, this is a powerful book. And I gave away some of the other servers. Anybody really battling mind thoughts right now? Anybody really? All right. You guys are visiting. Would you read a book? All right. I'm going to pitch it. Right. If it hits Perry. <laughs> Percy. If it hits him, it's their fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pitch it. It's called A Mindset Free by Jimmy Evans. Hey, get a hold of it, man. It's worth the money you spend. Because I'm telling you, it's a constant battle. I'm jumping into everything on that. But uh, got some big events coming up. Father's Day is uh, coming up right around the corner. Uh, I just gave away a book in the last service called uh, Dad Jokes. And I caught myself the other day. I, I told you, and I, I saw it in the store, and I grabbed it. I said, I'm going to become a better preacher. I'm going to get this book. And everybody appreciate it. And the very one on the front said this. said, uh, you know, I told my wife she should embrace her mistakes. So she came over and gave me a big hug. I see some people quicker than others on that. But I gave that away. We're getting ready for Father's Day. Father's Day is going to be different around here. Uh, We're going to have a WWE wrestling event out on our parking lot. We're going to have the food truck cooking um, all kinds of good eats. We're going to have grills rolling. We're going to be cooking enough ribs for every man, woman, child in this place to eat barbecue ribs. On the inside, we're going to be having men's breakfast. We're going to be giving away men's gifts. We're making men's homemade root beer. We're going to have a great time outside. But inside, we're going to have a powerful service. And before service and after service, WWE wrestlers are going to... It's their, they're old school wrestlers. Because I said, man, is it going to be all the fake stuff? And I said, no, we're the old school guys. We're the real ones. And so I don't know if wrestling was ever real. But, <laughs> but I'm excited to see you say, Cricket, why are we doing that? Because just a couple of weeks ago, after a service, I was at a Dollar General giving away some of our food boxes that we still had left there. And when I was giving them away... Um, People would pull up. I said, you know, can we bless you with some food? I didn't want to go back. One car, one van pulled up, and the lady got out of the driver's seat and went in. By the time I got up to the car, it was just a man and five boys, all under the age of eight, sitting in this van. And I opened the door, and I was like, hey, man, can we? you got a bunch of boys. I bet you all eat a lot of cereal. Can we give you some milk? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, he was filling his truck up. I said, man, he's like, where are you all from? I said, we're from the Victory Church. We'd love to have you. It was about two weeks before Mother's Day. I said, as a matter of fact, 
you know, COVID and everything being over, we're trying to really celebrate getting to be able to come back together this year. I said, so we're throwing some special events. We got a woman comedian coming for Mother's Day. How many guys enjoyed her? Wasn't she awesome? I mean, I enjoyed Mother's Day. I enjoyed the, I've told Jen several times walking into Walmart. Every time we have to park in the very back of Walmart and we walk past the, the store parking, I was like, man, I've never thought about the ladies that actually have all the kids not getting those anymore. But, uh, I mean, I really enjoy that, sir. So I said, why don't you come out to Mother's Day and enjoy it? And he goes, ah. And I said, well, ma'am, every Sunday we have a service. And he's like, ah. And I said, well, Father's Day, we got some, especially when we got some WWE wrestlers coming. And all five of his boys jumped up on the scene. He said, what? And I said, yeah, we're going to be having, they're going to be on the parking lot. I said, and they're going to be doing matches before service, after service. He goes, Dad, can we go? Can we go? And he looked at me, and this is what he said. He said, yeah, I can't promise you I'll be at your church any other time, but we'll be there on Father's Day. How awesome. So why do we do this? We do this so that people that maybe not come for any other reason can get exposed to what we are. You say, well, what are we? We're weird, I know. But it's okay. Because I've learned this. People are weird. Today's Pentecost Sunday. And the sad thing about it is, it's people that are weird, and it's usually not the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap for being weird. As a matter of fact, I saw one of the worst explanations or worst presentations of the Holy Spirit on Facebook this week and thought, that's why people think we're weird. Y'all want to see what I saw? It's pretty funny. All right, so... She's going to bring it up on the screen here, but check this out. We have to do it old school style. It disappeared. (laughs) You got to click to watch it again. You can click watch it again on your screen, and then it'll come up here. That Pastor Jerry's gone, and I did not know how to steal this off Facebook. I'm not that good at these things, so we're Facebooking it. No, get down to the bottom. Just go down to the bottom and click watch it again. Down a little bit. Right there. Yeah, turn the volume up, Pastor George. Or you got to unmute the volume. It's a little bit to your right. <laughs> You see it? I gave him a very hard task. I did really. This is hard to do. Yeah, yeah turn that up. Right, we're going to start over. Right. This is a street evangelist. Yeah, I'm be honest with you. Her heart is probably a hundred percent right. But man, she sure is giving the Holy Spirit thing a weird twist, isn't it? Now, today is Pentecost Sunday, and you know we're celebrating the the coming of the Holy Spirit into what God has established to be the answer and the powerhouse 
on this planet, which is the body of Christ, the church of the New Testament, the church of the Holy Ghost. But the truth is, all of us have been experienced or have experienced some weird things in church. How many of you guys have ever experienced some weird things in church before? All right? And because of that, a lot of times the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap. Now, I agree. Her, that took a lot of time, a little talent. I was, I thought, oh my goodness. That's why a lot of people, because I'm sure her heart was right, but at the same point, that's weird. <laughs> All right? Just bottom line. But the thing about it is today, I was going to start the new series called Testing Positive, but, but like the Lord said, we have to take a minute and we have to give honor where honors due. If I expect the Holy Spirit to be here today, I need to acknowledge that He is here, that He came here when He came here, and what He's here for. Amen? So, how many of you guys have had a rough week? How many of you guys are exhausted, tired, feel like you burn out, dry? I got a sponge that honestly illustrates or shows probably the way I felt coming in yesterday. You know, it's been a hard week. I've been through a lot. <laughs> I've been a part of a lot of things going on. And the truth is, there's a lot of times that I've gotten real dry and real thirsty. And a lot of times we don't understand. Why the Holy Spirit is so important. And because a lot of times he's been given a weird rap or weird name. I've learned this. The Holy Spirit don't make people weird. People are weird. And when they get the Holy Spirit, they just get more power to be more weird. But not. I've also learned this. If you're not weird before the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be weird after. Because the Holy Spirit don't make people weird. It's different things that make people weird. The Holy Spirit is not... A weird maker. I want to try to explain a little bit about who he is today. And I want to bring knowledge to why we need him so much. Wednesday morning, I was at a women's house speaking to a group of women. There was about 56 of them there. And all of them are court appointed to be there. They have to serve 12 months through this rehabilitation house. And they've come in through the jail system. And so they're placed in this controlled living environment to get a handle on their life. And I walked in Wednesday and I asked them, this is my first question, how many of you guys grew up in church? 99% of them, if not 100. I didn't count them all, but I would say the room said this. How many of you guys grew up in church? How many, and I asked this question next, I said, how many of you guys were saved at a young age? You accepted Jesus, gave your heart to the Lord. All right? And I asked them this, how many of you guys did that more than once? Multiple times in your life, you've found yourself in need of a Savior, and so you've asked the Lord to become Lord of your life multiple times in your life. And then I asked the girls this, then how did we end up here? If you're saved, and Jesus changed your life, how did we end up here? Let me ask you this, a lot of you guys raised your hands. If you're saved, if you're a new creature, how have you went through and been through the things that you've been through? How did we end up in the shape or in the places? How did we end up hurt, bothered, confused? How have we ended up broken, thirsty, if we're saved? Because then the question to me is this. Did God really save me? There were times when I was growing up that I would question that. Say, God, 
if you save me, then I'm new. Then why does my life look and feel the best way to describe it? Like this sponge. Is God even real? How many guys have honestly questioned that? You, that's what there is. It's not a shame. You can raise your hand. I do it. The enemy tries to convince me of that lie all the time. Because if God is real, and I gave my heart to him, and he saved me, why do I keep finding myself in this shape? And the truth is this. Because the Bible says God came to give life in that salvation. But he didn't stop there. John 10, 10, he says this. But he also came to give life more abundantly. Meaning this, there's more to life than being saved. If there wasn't, the minute you gave your heart to the Lord, you would go to heaven. It's not about just salvation. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you're just trying to get through this life on salvation, you're going to find yourself like the sponge on multiple, multiple, multiple occasions. And then you're going to find yourself coming back to the Lord and trying to get your life back right or trying to get it back together because God never intended for you to just get saved. As a matter of fact, Jesus went into great detail. He said this, um, and this is where we're going to jump in today and we're only going to talk a couple minutes because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something here. If you go to Acts chapter 1, this is what Jesus said. I got to get to my Acts chapter 1. <laughs> All right? This is what it says. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. As a matter of fact, so they just saw Jesus ascend. Jesus is now their Lord and Savior. And he said this, Now before you go try to live this new life that you have, you need to wait on something. Because there's more than just being saved. Is another way to say exactly what it says. It says now, before, he says... Being a son together, he commanded them not to leave. Don't go do anything else. Don't head out anywhere else. But go wait because there's more. Wait for the promise of the Father. It says, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So now they've been baptized. They say they repented. They were baptized. They believed in the Lord Jesus. They just watched him ascend. So they knew he had raised from the dead. And he said, hey, before you go do anything else, you need to put the brakes on it a little bit and wait because you need something else. And it's a gift. And it's better for you that I go so that he can come and you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so then the Bible says this. They, the disciples went to the upper room. And went to Jerusalem and they waited. And they waited 10 days. That was a long time to wait. Um, you would think as soon as they got there, God would have sent the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is clear in the definition of why it took 10 days. Because it says until. That means that there were some things not in order. So until they were, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. It says, but until they were all in one accord. It says, but when the Holy Spirit, they were all in accord, the Holy Spirit came in. And lit them on fire. Alright. Up to that point. Peter who had walked with Jesus. And talked with Jesus. Peter there's not a doubt at all. It's reconfirmed in the scripture constantly. That Peter loved Jesus. As a matter of fact. Jesus said do you love me? He said yes. Jesus said feed my sheep. He says do you love me? Peter said yes. Feed my sheep. He says do you love me? He said yes. Feed my sheep. Jesus constantly made sure that he knew Peter loved him. There wasn't a love issue here. 
Peter was the one that Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the church, the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter knew Jesus, loved Jesus, and he had a relationship and could hear the voice of God. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the one, you are the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood could not have revealed this to you, but only by my father. Hey, can we stop just a minute? I looked at you, Miss Sharon, and it reminded me. We want to pay for Pastor Yvette. He, he's had a couple of setbacks in this surgery, so he sent me a text this morning saying, can we pray? Father, let's agree. Father God, we ask you right now to send your ministering angels into Yvette's home. I know your presence is already there. He's watching online. He always does. But God, I ask you right now to pour out supernatural, divine healing into his very mortal body. And your word says, God, that your spirit can even quicken our mortal bodies. I think that you're quickening health and you're quickening healing. Right now, a speedy recovery through this process and surgery. And we bind anything that the enemy would try to do to hinder the healing and the restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Jesus said this. Jesus said, and Peter said, the God is only that can be redeemed. So Peter knew who God was, loved Jesus, and had given up everything to follow Jesus. So we're not talking about a dude that had commitment issues. We're talking about a dude that was living a Christian life. But yet he could not quit cussing. He could not quit cutting people. He could not quit trying to get put... Remember he was in the garden, he cut the dude's ear off. He had anger issues. He had all kind of... It's like he could not get himself under control. No doubt. That he knew who God was, no doubt that he believed in Jesus, no doubt that he was saved. But he could not live the way that God had been calling and teaching him to live. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like you just couldn't do what everybody else can do? You couldn't live the way other people live. You know, it amazes me because some people are a little bit more disciplined, I guess, than I am. Because, I mean, I have known who God was my entire life. My parents raised me in a Christian home. My dad's been a preacher my whole life. There's not been a moment in my life that I did not know the existence of who God is and the activity that God had in my life. But there were times constantly, no matter how bad I wanted to, I couldn't. Paul said it like this, that thing I don't want to do, I do, and that thing I do want to do, I don't. I was in a room full of 50-something women that I would say 99% of them said I was saved and I grew up in church. But from that moment to where I was with them the other day, they've been in and out of relationships. They've been in and out of jail. They've been in and out of addiction. They've been through all kinds of stuff. Why? Why get saved if there's no difference than what you've got to go through unsaved? At least unsaved, you could try to enjoy some of that stuff. Because <laughs> once you're saved, you know the Holy Spirit's constantly. But I'm saying that because that's not all that God has for you. There's more. He says, more abundantly. And that's why he told the disciples here. He said, listen, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send the comforter, the teacher, the guide. The paraclete is what the word is to you. And you will be filled or you will be baptized with it. Now, the question is, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the only God you've ever had in contact or connection or contact with. You say, how can that be, Cricket? Uh, Because... Right now, while we're in this room, God the Father, the Bible says, is in heaven. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of him. So the only active presence of God we've had in our lives since we've been alive is the Holy Spirit. You may not have acknowledged him. You may not have called him by his name. 
But the Bible says that God is a triune being. He's a trinity. There are three Godheads. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. He said, I can't be here if He's here. It's better that I go away. So anytime you've ever felt, anytime you've ever been led, anytime you've ever been convicted, anytime you've ever known God was actively involved in your life, this was the work of the Holy Spirit. He's not as weird as we make Him out to be. The Holy Spirit's been working in your life and in my life since the day we hit this planet. We have not known a minute like generations before us did. Because the Holy Spirit's been here ever since the first Pentecost. And He's come here because the Bible says it's better for me and you. The Holy Spirit is God's answer to the life that doesn't have enough. The Holy Spirit is God's answer to the life that isn't strong enough. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says when Peter, on the day of Pentecost, was filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a transformation in him that he never again, do we see in the Scripture, be the Peter that he was just one chapter before. There's a transformation that happens in our life when we give the Holy Spirit authority to work. And so today I want to talk just a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And I believe this, on his birthday... We used to, you know, usually on a birthday, we give gifts. I believe today on his birthday, he's going to give something to us. Amen. Can I jump into a scripture with you real quick? You know, all the way through, do you remember, and I won't go into this, but do you remember in the Bible when Jesus went to the woman at the well in Samaria? I'm a firm believer, and I bring this up multiple times. I believe this was a church girl. I believe the woman at the well was a church girl. A lot of people have preached that she was the big sinner and was that he Jesus went all that way to save a sinner. No, I don't believe that she was the sinner, the big sinner that they made her out to be. I believe this was a church girl that was trying to live saved without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in her life. Because this is what the Bible says. When Jesus showed up there, he said, give me a drink. She says, you don't have a bucket to drink. And as they began to talk, he said, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He said, I know you've had five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. And then she said this. She realized that he was a prophet. And so she says, you guys worship. The Jews, they worship in the temple. We, the Samaritans, we worship on the mountain. Who is right? And Jesus, that right there lets me know. That this was a church girl. Because where did she worship? On the mountain. But yet, five marriages. And living with someone now that she wasn't married to. I, I look back in my life and realize there are times that I was wholeheartedly wanting to be saved. But I was so messed up in things that I had gotten involved in. And people that I had involved myself in that you couldn't look at me and tell I was a Christian at all. Because there's more to live in a Christian life. Than just being saved. And that's why Jesus said it's better for me. Better for you if I go away. That I can send the Holy Spirit. I believe this young church girl. Was a lot like a lot of us. That was born and raised in church. Knowing God. Loving God. Worshipping God. 
and got into a relationship. And in this relationship, I don't know if she made the mistake or he made the mistake, but when that relationship started, I believe that she had high hopes and great dreams and she made futures and plans and they got married together with all this great future ahead and she was madly in love. But then life happened and somebody messed up or somebody used or abused or mistreated or cheated or something happened in that relationship that she only would have went into if she wasn't wholeheartedly into it, ended up being broken. And now she's got every dream she had crushed, every goal she had shattered. Now she's broken hearted and now she's moved into a place in that culture of being used and abused and damaged goods. So I'm sure the next guy that came along, she probably thought was a pretty good guy. And so she jumped into it and got into another marriage, hoping that one mistake wouldn't taint her life forever, but she could start over and rebuild. And she got into another marriage and another relationship. But the damage and the baggage that probably both of them carried into this relationship caused them both at some point to be broken again. And I don't care whose fault a divorce is. I've watched a lot of people go through them. And I've never seen anybody get out of one scape without scars, hurt, damage, and broken hearts. And so now she has two of them on her record. And then she goes into another, just hoping that this thing could get better and get different. But it didn't. And now her reputation... Even through the town has been tainted. And so now she's going to have to be fishing off the bottom of the barrel because surely she's damaged goods. And, you know, if you know the history in those days, she's got all these marriages and all these things. So, you know, there's kids that have begun to come up in behind the situation. And so she's got all these responsibilities that she's trying to carry now. And she's trying to juggle. You know, I've heard it preached that she came to the well at 12 because she didn't want the people in the town to talk about her when the other ladies came at nine. I don't believe that about her. I believe that when you get to the place in life that life had put her in, I believe she didn't care what other people thought anymore. She was just trying to survive and doing whatever it took to get by. And so she now probably had tons of little kids that she was carrying the responsibility for that the man she was with now wouldn't commit and take ownership of helping her doing. He was just using and abusing her for what he could get out of it. So I think she was running late that morning just like everyone else because the Bible says Jesus got there early and waited. I think she usually tried to get there on time but she couldn't that day because life and problems and situations and this church girl now being saved and believing God or worshiping God at one point life looks like it's a pile of mess and Jesus showed up and said this if you knew who I was you would ask me for a drink he didn't say if you knew who I was you would let me save you if you knew who I was you would ask me into your heart. Or if you knew who I was, you'd believe in me. He said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for something that I can give you. I believe. And the Bible says, yeah, Jesus told her, he said, you know, in this drink that I'll give you, you'll never thirst again. It'll be a, liver, a river of living water on the inside of you. That's exactly the way the Holy Spirit is described in the New Testament. That he's a living river of water that comes on the inside of us. Doesn't say he's the weird tongue talking weirdo thing. See, look, the, the Holy Spirit's way more than talking in tongues. It's like me, you know. I have a lot of shirts. One of my shirts may be weird. Jennifer tells me I dress weird sometimes, but I got a lot of other shirts that aren't weird. And I'm out of shape, so you guys better be glad I wear shirts. Even if one of them's weird every once in a while, okay? And so my thing is this the Holy Spirit has a gift that some people consider it to be weird. But he also has the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. He has the words of knowledge. He's got all these other things, but the enemy wants you to focus in on the part that's weird. But the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is good. 
And this young girl that could not hold her life together. Out of this conversation and encounter with Jesus, the Bible said Jesus gave her a drink that she would never thirst again. And she walks into her city and God uses her to transform that city into the knowledge of who Christ is. Let me tell you something. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says no one can come to the Father except by the leading of the Holy Spirit. If she wasn't being used by the Holy Spirit, she couldn't have affected that city that way. You can't get saved even if you want to. It only takes, the only way you can get saved is if the Holy Spirit wants you to get saved. And so at any point in your life, that you've ever felt the tugging, the pulling, the drawing of the Holy Spirit on the inside that I need to get things right. That was the Holy Spirit. And that was not a weird thing. That was a good thing. Now, jumping forward, I want to read what I believe God sent the Holy Spirit to do for us. Um, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, it's better that I go so that he can come. In Acts chapter 2, they obeyed him, they waited, and the Holy Spirit come. And it says it lit on them like tongues of fire. And it says they received power. Now, i got to be honest with you, I'm one of those Peter guys. I could not get my life straight until I understood, I recognized, and I received the Holy Spirit into my life. I didn't have the power to quit. I mean, I was a church kid. But I did not have the power to live out the life that God had called me to live and have the passion and fire that I live with every day. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he filled me up, what he filled me up with was he filled me up with all of his fruits. See, the Bible calls it is not something that I have to fake. There was a time in my life that I was so absent from the presence of love. I didn't love anybody. And I didn't think anybody loved me. And I was saved. But when I received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the first thing he brought into me was love. And I'm here to tell you. If you don't like me. It don't matter. Because I am so full of love. The Holy Spirit loves me so much. He's put so many people in my life that love me so much. He first fills me full of love. And then what that in return does. It lets me love. And if you don't like me, I don't care. I love you anyway. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't do that without this, without him. Because before, if you didn't like me, you better run. Because I, if I couldn't hit you hard enough, I'd find a rock that could. And so that's what the absence of the Holy Spirit was. But it transformed me. There was a time I had absolutely, I was so empty of joy, so empty of joy that there was an absence of even happiness. I was absolutely unhappy. There wasn't anything that, I got so bad that I couldn't even be happy doing the things that would make you feel happy. I was miserable until I, and I was a church boy, until I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't have fullness of joy. But now i got to be honest with you. I can be happy reading a book. I never thought that would happen. I can get joyful reading my Bible. Boy, that's definitely the work of the Holy Spirit. All of His fruits. There was a time where, man, I, every time the wind blew, I felt like it was a hurricane because there was such an absence of peace in my life that every storm I walked through didn't just stay on the outside of me. It got on the inside of me. But then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And all that absence of peace in my life was filled with the peace that surpasses. It surpasses. Understand, you say, Cricket, how can that be? Understand it. He said it's peace that passes understanding. I don't have to understand it. Think of it like NASCAR. If one car passes, 
passes the other car, one car wins. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your understanding does not have to win because peace surpasses it. My life is full of peace when I don't understand it or not. It's the Holy Spirit just goes on by and fills my life full of peace. All the fruits of the Holy Spirit are not things you have to fake. They're things that begin to flow out of that river that's on the inside of you. And God gave it to you. Made it available to us. So how do we get it? Let's jump into Acts chapter 3. We'll give a story and then we'll get out of here. Okay? In Acts chapter 3 it says this. And now Peter and John went up together. Now this is a neat story because this is the story that took place after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's a lot in this story I'm going to throw at you real quick. Because if you want this life that God has for you. He put the secret in this story. Alright, so we pick up in this story. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3. Here they get up and they start living the life that's filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, so they got up and they went up to the temple. You need to understand something. A lot of times... And this is another one of the way out of balance things about the Holy Spirit. When people get filled with the Holy Spirit, a lot of times people don't think they need the church no more. One of the first things that happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit was they got up and they went to church. Isn't that neat how the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit takes control of your life, first thing he did with these guys was brought them to church. You need to understand something. The Holy Spirit uses the church. The Holy Spirit works through the church. The Holy Spirit is to inhabit the church. If the Holy Spirit is not in here today, we're not in a church. We're in a group. If the Holy Spirit is not in here today, you're not, you're not in a church service. You're in a, a congregation of things. But see how I know the Holy Spirit is here? Because you're here. And I'm here. And the Word of God says, if two or, it says where two or three are gathered together in His name, He will be here in the midst of them. You came here in the name of God. You came here to worship Jesus. You came here to experience the Holy Spirit. And He's here. And so the disciples knew this. I have to go to church because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I find people that are, you know, in the, in truly, I'm just going to be honest, when I find people trying to pull away and disconnect from church, I find people that are at one point that were filled with the Holy Spirit, that drew it, because the Holy Spirit drew them there, but they are beginning to dry out. You know, these sponges are cool. i got to be honest with you, the world has a way of making me feel exactly like this sponge looks. But the cool thing about it was this sponge is only as effective, thank you, sir, when it's applied in what it was created to be applied to. When I take this sponge, I remember I asked you how many guys felt like this when you came in here this morning? You felt like you've had a week like this? And the truth is, every one of your weeks are going to be like this. Because the devil gets up, the Bible says, like a roaring lion, seeking him and Every day he gets up trying to suck the living life out of you. And you know, if he can suck the living life out of you, it means he's removing the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. What happens is your life ends up feeling dry, dull. And then even this, church will become like a dead old spot. You ever sat in a church service and it felt like this? You know what I'm like, good Lord, why do I even go do that? Because that's not church, that's religion. Religion gives you this feeling. The, the church, the relationship of the Holy Spirit does this. It places you into an environment that causes you 
to be able to function at your grave. I could have probably cleaned up some mess with that sponge. As a matter of fact, I got another one. And let me show you what happens here. Because I don't have another drink, I'll use water. What happens here is this. If I don't allow my life to be full of what it was designed to be full of, let me show you what my life will become full of. All right, this should be a Coke. I just left it in the car. All right, so say I get up on Monday and I encounter all kinds of people that are full of all kinds of things other than the Holy Spirit. I find people that are full or are uh, in full of negativity or hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, full of anger and negativity, and encounter all these people that are full of things that are not the Holy Spirit. Guess what my sponge does? A sponge will suck up anything it comes in contact with. And the thing about it is, if my sponge is empty when I start, it will suck up anything it comes in contact with, but it doesn't just suck it up, but guess what it also does? It's what comes out of it as well. See, you're built to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we're not full of the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be walking through this life encountering people that are hurt. Do you know what hurt people do? They hurt people. Do you know what sick people do? They infect people with sickness. Do you know what unforgiving people do? They get you... Everything you come in contact with is contagious. That's why the Bible says that when you, uh, it, that says don't hang around with the wrong people. It says bad companions corrupt. Well, there's bad companions infect. And if I allow the world to connect me to everything it has to offer, it doesn't take long, even though I'm a Christian sponge, even though if I die, I may be going to heaven sponge, I'm full of bitterness, hurt, unforgiveness. I'm full of addiction and unhappiness and no loss of joy, no love. All these things that the world had to offer, I just sucked them right up. Why? Because you were never meant to be full of what the world has to offer. You were meant to be full of what Jesus sent for you and me. The problem with it is, is because a lot of us don't understand that we are to be full of the Holy Spirit. We go through everything allowing the world to fill us full. And then we come to God saying, God, here I am. Why is my life such a mess? Why am I so unhappy? Why am I so hurt and bothered? Why am I out of five relationships now living with one that's just used and abusing? It's because you're full of something. Whether you realize it or not, every one of us in here is full of something. I've been accused of being full of, full of a lot of stuff in my life. But I made the decision, I'm only going to be full of what God has me full of. And so I have to purposely pursue the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That said, Peter and John first got up and went to church. And then secondly, it says this, at the hour of prayer. You're never going to find somebody full of the Holy Spirit that is disconnected from church and that does not pray. Those two things go hand in hand. If you want to be full of what God says that He wants you to be full, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is worth being full. If you don't take any of the gifts, you just take all the fruits, full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of generosity, full of temper. If you just want to be full of those things, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
But what it takes is you being connected and doing what Holy Spirit-filled people do. Holy Spirit people, one, they attend church because they know just sitting in this room, the power of the Holy Spirit is in here. And you are sucking up, whether you know it or not, you are sucking up everything that God has in this room. And what, We could be preaching on children and you could still be sucking up the power of the Holy Spirit because you can't be exposed to something without it getting in you because you are built to consume. Thing about it is this too. You're in here in your church and you're you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you don't put it to work, it doesn't do any work for you. That's why you can walk out of a church service and do that. That's why it says they went up to the temple in the hour of prayer. Not just at any time, there was actually a time that they had to do the work of the church. And that's connecting relationship with God. Prayers relationship with God. But then it says this. It says, on their way there, they encountered a man sitting at the gate. It says, every day they got up and they brought a man to the gate that was lame. And they would lay him at the gate. And the name of the gate was called Beautiful. Now, I'm here to tell you, a lot of times in my Christian walk, I was exactly where this lame man was. I was trying to allow people to take me where I needed to be. But I'm here to tell you, people can't take you where God has called you to be. They are only going to be able to carry you so far. And if you just keep relying on people to care, if you're relying on me as a pastor to get you where you're supposed to be, baby, you're going to be stuck at the gate when everybody else is passing you right on by. People can't, I don't care how much they love you, I don't care how committed they are to you, people are not going to be able to take you where God has called you to be. And you're going to watch people walk by you, pass you by, and go into places that you've always wanted to go. But you're not going to be able to get in there because you don't have the power or the strength to stand up and go. Because you're lacking. You might be saved and going to heaven, but you're lacking what it took to get past the gate that you've been behind for so long. How many times? Let me tell you, I can usually tell in my own life where I'm lacking. If I see people in places that I want to be. I see people in marriages that I wish I could be in. I see people in jobs that I want to be in. I see people with finances. I see people with joy that I wish that I could get to. But something has always held me back. I'm here to tell you. It's because I've been relying on other things besides what the Holy Spirit has been wanting to do in my life. The Holy Spirit will always carry you to where you desire to be and where you have seen others go. But you're not going to be able to do it without Him. And you're not going to be able to simply rely on men. And the Bible says this. The Bible says they, people would get him up. Now, you say, well, Cricket, I, I'm faithful. It said every day they brought him there. Every day they brought him and laid him there. And the Bible said this, that he would come there and he would beg. Now, you need to understand something. Begging may get you a little. But it's never going to take you into the life that you desire to be in. You know what begging is a posture from? Begging is a posture from weakness. A lot of times because we don't want to allow the Holy Spirit to have access into our life. We find ourselves in a posture of weakness. So we're always asking, please forgive me. Please help me. Please. And that's what this guy did. As far as men could take him in a weakened condition, begging for just coins, pennies, money. But there came these two guys walking by, the Bible said, that had experienced an imparting and an empowering of the Holy Spirit. And when they got to him, the Bible says this, you can read it, it's almost word for word. It says when they got to him, it says, he looked up and fixed their eyes. And it says he held his cup up, expecting 
to receive. And this is what they say, I, you know, if you're here today and you're, you feel like I can't get to where I know other people, I can't get to where I've seen other people go, I can't get what I know God has, I just, I'm stuck here. Well, you got to decide who it is you're looking for for the answer. Are you expecting the church to meet that need? I'm glad that they got him and they brought him to the church. Because I'm here. The answer, it was at the church. But the answer wasn't from the men at the church. The answer was from those that had already experienced what God had for them. Number one secret to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hang out with people that are. See, it wasn't until they got in contact with, he got in contact with Peter and John that he was able to receive what God had for him. Let me be honest with you. If you're hanging out with people, I always say it like this. You know, if you like me, but you don't like my wife, then me and you can't be friends. Just bottom line. You may be the coolest guy on the planet, but me and her are a package deal. You know what I'm saying? And so don't come up to me talking to me about my wife. That ain't going to happen here. I mean, you're not going to be friends if that's that way. And see, a lot of times people want to have a relationship with the church, but they want to run around with people that don't. Or people that don't like the church. Or people that are negative. You're going to have in your life whatever you hang out with the people having theirs. Here's a leadership thing. It says, show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your economic state. I'll show you your attitude about life. And I'll show you what level of job you'll hold in five years. You'll never rise above those. So if you aren't full of the Holy Spirit and you're struggling to be saved, you need to find you some people that are full of the Holy Spirit. And you need to make sure that you have contact with them. And then you got to shut down those that are around you that are talking bad about your church, talk bad about your people, talk bad about the Spirit, talk bad about what God's doing. you got to shut that stuff out because you're going to be full of whatever you're in contact with. And if you want to be in contact, if you want to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit, you better find people that are in contact with the Holy Spirit. So one, you hang out with people that are full of the Holy Spirit. It's contagious. Then number two, you've got to decide that your way may not be the right way. Because it said this, it looked at him expecting to receive something. But this is what the Bible says. It says he, he held his cup up looking. In other words, his thought pattern, his expectation, his thought of what he could receive was only a cup full. Maybe your experiences in the past has never been more than a cup full. Maybe you've had a couple minutes of joy, but you not you don't understand this this living through it all day long and getting up in the morning with it and getting up through the evening with it. I mean, maybe you don't understand because your experience. See, a lot of times we put our expectations in the size of the experiences we've had in the past. And because nobody's ever loved you, there's no way God will. And because everybody's done you wrong, there's all, there's all, my experience, you're expecting something. People expect what they've been through or what capacity they have in the past. I'm here to tell you, God has way more than a cup full. And that young man found that that day. Because Peter and John looked at him and said, we're not going to put in your cup what other people have put in your cup in the past. God has something way more for you than what you've been through. God has something way more for you than what any man has ever done in your life before. 
God has, maybe your boss, maybe your mate, maybe your friends, maybe your parents, maybe they have done all these things to you in your past. God has something. He's not going to give you what other people have given you. Do you understand that? You have to decide that the Holy Spirit has something that no man can give. And anything a man has given me is not what the Holy Spirit has to offer. Because men have let us down and the Holy Spirit never will. And then he said this. This is what it says. But it says, Peter and John grabbed him by the arms and they picked him up. If you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to have people in your life that will you will allow to pick you up. What does that mean, Cricket? He was in the dirt. And he let two people that he did not know take hold to him, the Bible says, and pick him up. There's a lot of times that people aren't living empowered by the Holy Spirit because they like living in the dirt. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit's not like the other two Godheads. It says He can be grieved and He can be quenched. Meaning that you're not going to be full of the Holy Spirit living dirty. You're going to have to have people in your life, pastors, leaders, spiritual authorities, that you will allow to come beside you and pick you up out of that stuff. And say, hey, man, God can't bless you. God can't fulfill you. God can't empower you laying down in this dirty stuff. You're going to have to rise up above it. Now, you don't got to get clean. They didn't make him go get a bath before he was empowered. But he did have to get up out of it. Does that make sense? So there's going to be some things in my life that I'm going to have to let spiritual authority say, hey. Man, you can't be out smoking that weed every night if you want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Man, you can't be drinking on that bottle. The Bible clearly says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the power of the, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to let power, the, some, so you've got to let some spiritual people in your life help pick you up. Do you understand? When they first picked him up, he didn't stand up on his own. He had to get up out of that first. And then the Bible says when they picked him up, it says strength came into his feet. That means this. The minute he was picked up and he was in, he, he had come encounter with someone that was full of the Holy Spirit. And Peter does this, silver and gold have we not, but such as we have, we give you. He was offered the Holy Spirit. They picked him up. It says instantly his feet started growing strong. He had the ability to walk the way he'd never walked before. I was not able to serve the Lord the way I wanted to until I was picked up out of the dirt. And the Holy Spirit began to fill my life and my feet began to get strong. Then it said this. It said, and his ankles began to get strength. What does that mean? That means he was able to stand up on his own. He didn't have to get held up anymore. He couldn't just walk differently. He had the power to stand differently. The power of the Holy Spirit not only now had saved him, But the power of the Holy Spirit had empowered him. He could walk in a way he could never walk. And he could stand in a way he could never stand. And the Bible said this. He began to walk and leap and praise God. Everything that he dreamed of being, he couldn't. Every day he was held behind a gate. Watching people go into this life that he wanted to be in so bad. But he couldn't get there. Until he came encounter with those that had contact with the Holy Spirit. 
And until he received the Holy Spirit, he could not empower, he could not get the strength to walk where the Holy Spirit wanted him to walk. And be, we didn't have the power to stand the way the Holy Spirit wanted him to stand. And he didn't have the power to get in to the sanctuary where God had called him to go. You've not been able to get where God's called you because you've not understood the one that's going to take you there is the Holy Spirit. Mary said this, how can this be? How can I get pregnant? And I don't even know a man. And the angel said, the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is still alive. He's still well. He's here. He's present into this place. And so you have to get in contact where you've got to be where the Holy Spirit is. You've got to be around people that are full of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be able to get have people to help you pick you up out of the dirt that you've been involved in and lay in. You don't got to get clean. See, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit's job to clean you up. It says bring the cup the way the cup is. Don't clean it and God will clean the cup. See, the Holy Spirit will take care of all that junk. You don't got to be perfect to be full of the Holy Spirit. You just got to be trying to get up. You get up and the Holy Spirit will empower you to stay up. And once you stay up, the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. But then if you read on down, this is what it says. He didn't just stay all party hearty. It says he ran up and he grabbed the hands of the disciples. The two that God just used up, he didn't know. He wasn't no longer lower than them. He became equals with them. And it says he grabbed their hands and they walked into the place. And it says that everyone around them saw them. And it says and those that saw him recognized him as being the one at the gate in the dirt. And when they saw that he was the one at the gate in the dirt, it says they stood at amazement at what God could do. You know, you know what happens? You know what the power of the Holy Spirit does in somebody's life? When He fills and He empowers, everybody around you that knows you the best does this number. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you, He came for a reason. He still is the best at what He does. He hasn't lost any of his t- the, 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 the teaching for years has been that the Holy Spirit was for that church, but it's not active today. I'm here to tell you, I'm serving the Lord with power because the Holy Spirit has filled my life just like he did on the very first day of Pentecost. But I'm here to tell you this. If I don't constantly come back and get submerged, it's only a matter of time before what the world outside of here will do to me. The whole world will squeeze you and rub you and take everything you have in you to where you'll be back in the same shape you were in just a little bit of time from when you started. That's why the Holy Spirit is a constant refilling, a constant resubmerging. And in here today, the power of the Holy Spirit will... We'll, we'll, and if you will allow yourself to be immersed into it, He will fill you so full that when you walk out of here, you'll be dripping. And when you drip, just like in this story, everywhere He went, people were affected. He was full of joy and the people He came in contact with. See, if I took this sponge now, buddy, I'm going to throw this to you, okay? All right, throw it back to me. Touch Buddy's hands. Somebody touch Buddy's hands. They're wet, ain't they? You couldn't do that. You could not come in contact with me with this sponge without getting what this sponge has on it on you. That's what's fixing to happen. You say, well, Cricket, how does it happen? You've got to do what the lame man did. It says he went walking and leaping 
And then it says this. Praising God. Praise is the answer. Praise is what opens the door for the power of the Holy Spirit to pour in. It's like rain on a ground that's dry. It's a fluid and a movement. The Bible says God inhabits. One translation says this. God feels. Why do you feel something with it? Anything that can be poured in. The Bible says I'm going to pour my spirit. When you move into an atmosphere of praise, the Holy Spirit pours in and it will engulf your life. And I'm here to tell you, we're about to do a song. It's not going to be long. Pitter pat, pitter pat, now it's all gone. You ever heard that? All right. We're about to do a song and you're going to be given a chance. I wish I could do this for you. I wish I could walk by. I can. I can walk by and touch you and you'll feel a little bit of what I have in me. But it's not enough to get in you. You're going to have to open a door. Because the Bible says, yeah, stand at the door and knock. Anyone who will open that door. You know how you open the door? Your praise. The Bible says praise is a plow. It will till up a hardened ground. The Bible says praise is a door. I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I enter his courts with praise. It's the door. That the Holy Spirit comes through. So when I feel dry. And I feel weary. And I feel like I have nothing. To be able to get through what I'm going through in. I just need a drink. That girl been coming to that well all those years. Because that well was where she was getting her. So she kept having to go back to it. That's what he says. You know why she would never thirst again? Because it was a readily available drink for her at all times. All she had to do was go back to doing what she'd done in the past. But understanding this time, the Holy Spirit's involved, worshiping God. So we're going to close. The song he's going to do is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Now we're singing that song about this room. But here on Pentecost Sunday, I want to ask you, will you sing it about your heart? Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place with your atmosphere. And you watch. You'll feel it. I'm telling you, you'll feel it. How many of you guys have never been filled with the Holy Spirit before? Let me ask you this. How many of you guys feel like you're not full right now? You're just dry. Then I want to pray with you right now. Would you simply say this? Say, Dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. And right now, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fill my life from the top of my head to the soles of my toes. Fill me completely full. Because it is the power that will allow me to walk into the places that you've called me to walk and get through the doors that I could not get. I thank you for your leading and your guiding and your comfort. And right now, I give you permission to engulf me in your presence and saturate every part of my life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now watch. I, I've been where you are a hundred times. So dry, so empty, so tired. But I understood the door that he comes through is worship and praise. And when I would open that door, it would feel like to me a balloon that would just start swelling up on the inside. It would just, you know, I would, I literally have a physical feeling of swelling on the inside. 
And I know I'm being empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit right then and there. And all the problem with it is them balloons will deflate. So I have to constantly come back and reimmerse myself. But every chance I get, if I will take advantage of it, I will walk into different places that I never could have walked before. I will go into different places and do things I could never do before. Not by might, not by power. I'm not smart enough or strong enough. But the Bible says, but by my spirit. He's available. Don't leave here on His birthday without the gift He's willing to give you. The power of the Holy Spirit working, functioning, moving in your life, empowering you to be full in here and walk outside of there and change your world. Walk into your job and all of a sudden the atmosphere changes. You walk into your house and all of a sudden peace takes over. You walk into your friends and all of a sudden everybody starts feeling the excitement, energy of joy in their life. It happens simply by you. Opening the door through praise. Justin's going to lead us. You leave when you're full. God bless you. Hey, we're having service Wednesday night. We've canceled or postponed our kids' event because uh, school's still going on. And they got a couple more days. So we're going to kick off our kids' event as soon as school lets out. Hey, God bless you. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to fulfill every part of our lives. In Jesus' name.